Hey church family, I'm here to show you guys today how you can share our church content on social media platforms. The first is Facebook. All you gotta do is go and find the post you'd like to share. You hit the share button, 
There's a little spot you can say something about the post or you can just post it and all you have to do is hit the post button. The next is Instagram, which is my personal favorite. All you have to do is go to the post and there's a little paper airplane button below and you hit add this post to your story. And the last one I have is Twitter. All you have to do is go to the tweet, hit the little arrows and press the retweet button and it's that easy. Every time you share, it reaches a whole nother group of people that our page wouldn't reach on its own. And this is just another way you can spread the gospel at your fingertips every day. open the shoe boxes they're so excited those faces just transform yeah these kids behind me are so excited because they've just received their boxes the mouth is wide open the voice is raised smiles are all over that box brings joy we're right now in Phnom Penh in Cambodia I mean it's just been incredible Kids are so excited, giving them a gift, do it in Jesus' name, and that's what this is all about. Jesus loves you. It's a gospel opportunity. It's the chance for the children to change the entire life. That's what I love about Operation Christmas Child. It knows no borders and knows no boundaries. It's all about sharing the name of Jesus Christ. Churches are doing big things with Operation Christmas Child. Everybody out there who packs shoe boxes, they are spreading God's love. It's families, it's churches, it's hundreds of thousands of volunteers that help make Operation Christmas Child so successful. We couldn't do it without them. With this box, they do get the gospel story. They do hear about Jesus. It has maximum impact in the worldwide kingdom of Christ. I mean, what better thing could you do than be involved in fill shoe boxes? Some of them go by train, some go by camels, some go by ships. These boxes go all over the world, and that is only the beginning. After receiving the shoe boxes, the children will be invited to go to the greatest journey, which is a 12-lesson discipleship program where they learn about the greatest gift, which is Jesus Christ. After a child completes the greatest journey, they graduate and receive a Bible in their own language. When the light of the gospel is turned on, that changes everything. Churches are being planted, lives are being changed, communities are being transformed. The word of God is spreading, the gospel is advancing. It is impacting children, it is impacting families, it is impacting the world greatly. Thank you for praying, thank you for giving. I would like to ask you to consider packing shoeboxes year-round. God will bless and God will use your gift to touch the life of a child and to be able to do it in Jesus' name. So thank you, thank you for being a part of it. God bless each and every one. How's everyone tonight? 
Woo, alive, well, here at church, no place I'd rather be, right? Hallelujah. Want to welcome all the live streamers. Thanks for joining us. That If you hit that share button, that video will go out to all of your friends. So just hit that share button if you could for us, please. Also, I want to welcome, if there's any first-time guests here tonight, there is a card in back of all your pews, a red and black card that says, let's get connected. If you would fill that out for us and walk it on out to the Welcome Center, that big circle out there, and drop it off, we would love to just connect with you all. Also, have a few things for you guys. Uh, I want to encourage you to invite someone to church this coming Sunday because we are still in the series of Real Life, Real Change. How many have enjoyed that series? Man, it's been good. Pastor and Pastor Nicole have just laid line upon line of this is real life and we as a family of faith do life together, but with Christ, there's real change. Amen? So invite someone to church this coming Sunday as we continue that. Also, we at this church, we do small groups. We value small groups around here. There'll be small groups happening tonight, and there'll also be groups on this Sunday called home groups. Who has in this room has been to a home group? Oh, nice. And wh why do we do home groups? Because we value relationships. We like to fellowship with each other, and we like to eat with each other and hang out and get to know each other more. So I encourage you, this coming Sunday is home groups. Find yourself a home group. There's a listing out there at the Welcome Center if you don't have one. The only change to that is the Anna home group will not be meeting this Sunday, but they'll be meeting the following Sunday. Beautiful. So who's going to go to home groups this weekend? I'm going to go. Anyone else going to home groups? Yep, home groups are important. Okay, now that all the announcements are out of the way, who's ready to worship? <laughs> who's ready to worship our king tonight? Hallelujah. If you would stand to your feet, we've come to praise his name.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet. Just give God one more round of praise. Come on. Come on, Father. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you, Lord, for who you are and what you provided at the cross, God. We thank you, Lord, that we're no longer bound, God. Hallelujah. You are All right. Sometimes he just needs a little more. You know, you can't out praise God. You can't out thanksgiving him. Amen. It changes yours and my perspective. It's giving time here at Only Believe. And the scripture that came to my mind today was 2 Corinthians 9, 7. And it says that each of us should give what we have decided in our hearts to give. Not reluctantly not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. But when I got thinking about this scripture, I thought of a birthday gift. How many of you have ever received a birthday gift that somebody came up to you and said, here, I know it's your birthday. Here, I guess I gotta give you something, so here. Would, would you wanna take or receive a birthday gift from somebody that really didn't wanna give it? See, or, or maybe when you give a gift, do you ever go up to somebody and go, oh, you know, need I know it's your birthday here. No, no, you're cheerful when you give to somebody. You want to give what you've decided in your heart and you already went to the store to buy. Why is it that we treat God any different then when we give a gift or an offering or something that he's dropping down, he already put it in our hands. He already gave it to us to use for his work. Why is it that we, oh, it's offering time. Come on. He says, I ask that you do this and decide in your heart before you get here that you don't give it reluctantly. That you don't give it in a sad place, but you give it out of a cheerful place that you're excited to give to me because I love you and I gave to you first. See, we don't give because God needs our money. We give because we need to give to keep our heart right with him and to stay fully devoted, amen? So that money don't have us and he has us. That's why we give, amen? So tonight I challenge you. When you look at your heart and you've decided to give something before you give, before you came, check that heart. Look at it, because I'm telling you, if it's sad, we got to fix that. All right, let's pray. Father, we come before you tonight, and Lord, we just thank you for the time and the chance to give. God, we count it as a part of our relationship with you, God. It's a way we worship you. It's a part of our devotion to who you are. But God, tonight, we want you to know that we don't give out of compulsion or because we're sad. But God, we give because we know what the word says and we know that we want to keep our hearts in its right place with you. And God, we give out of a cheerful place knowing that your word does not return void. Father, for a few verses later, you talk about sowing and reaping. And Father, we know that what we give, you will return back to us, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And we thank you for it, Lord. And we count it an honor to give in your house tonight. In Jesus' name. You can bring your tithes and offerings down. And then we're going to introduce our guest speaker tonight. But if you have small groups, you are dismissed right now. After you give your offering, you can head on to your small groups in your room. But you have a great surprise for those of you that are staying in the main house tonight.
Praise God. Praise God. Well, Pastor uh, and about 30 other men of God have been fasting for the last four days and uh, fasting for you, believing God for breakthroughs and for increase. And just to give you a couple uh, quick praise reports, I shared with you on Sunday about Pastor had a lot of TV opportunities going on. Well, on Monday, he spoke to 182 nations of the world. The network, in about a two-hour period of time, had over 19,000 prayer requests come in from that one program. Multiplied thousands received Christ. Uh, their testimonies were still coming in from that uh, network. And then yesterday, he spoke to the nation of Uganda on live television. They estimate that 10-plus million people were watching the broadcast, and literally tens of thousands of people made a decision to follow Christ. Uh, they're still collecting those numbers, and we just give God praise for that. That's all good. Uh, the heaven, heaven's being populated uh, every single day, even with the worst pandemic we've ever seen in our lifetime. So God's helping us to do great things. And then tomorrow, pastor's going to be speaking to a remote village in Pakistan live. We have pastors on the ground. We have sound system projector. So a place that has probably never heard the word of Jesus, pastor will speak to potentially thousands tomorrow at 10 a.m. our time, 7 p.m. in Pakistan. And believe in God for mighty harvest once again. So thank you for your prayers, for your support. Again, pastor's not here. He, uh, after, pray, after doing the prayer and fast, his stomach was feeling a little awkward. So uh, he made a phone call to a powerful man of God that we know very well. Uh, Pastor Joe Turner uh, has been part of this prayer and fasting for many, many years. Uh, he pastors a great church with his wife, Alicia, in Cary, Ohio, which is probably about an hour and 30 minutes away from here. In a town of about 3,400 people, I think it is, roughly that's the, the, the population. He just built a church that seats about 1,000 in that town of about 3,400 people. God is bringing increase and blessing to his ministry um, he, we've been privileged to have Pastor Joe come with us to Kenya, in Nairobi, Kenya. We had 100 plus thousand people come out. He was a big part of seeing close to 30,000 decisions for Christ in that crusade. He went to Kenya, I know, last year to did a big crusade in Nairobi. Uh, we love his heart. We love his passion. And I'd like for everyone, if you would, please give a warm welcome from Only Believe Ministries to Pastor Joe Turner tonight. Thank you. Brother Eric, um, can we give Brother Eric a hand? He, uh, this is no exaggeration, but he is the hardest working man in the kingdom I've ever met. And that's the truth. Uh, every time I see him run into him, he's working, making connections. And, uh, you know, the reason that pastor was able to minister to 182 nations this week is because this man was able to make those connections and set it up. And so I'm a big believer in the work of the body of Christ. Anybody else a believer in the work of the body of Christ? And so sometimes people uh, come to church and they sit in the pews and they see someone up on a stage or a platform holding a microphone speaking and they think that that's ministry and as I came this week to start the fast I brought a uh, young man with me from our church uh, he was super excited to be here and I took him up here we kind of came in the back here and I just wanted him to see the the overview of the whole sanctuary and from the stage and I told him I said do you see this right here I said this is the highlight of ministry I said, but what you're doing, because this guy tells people Jesus loves them every day. We just went and broke our fast this afternoon, and he led someone to Jesus. They're at, 
at the restaurant that we stopped by, and the man is just a, a great evangelist. And I said, what you are doing on a daily basis is ministry. And what you see up here is the highlight of ministry. And so we have come together this week fasting and praying, seeking God. That's the hard work. That's the grunt work. That's a lot of the stuff behind the scenes that you see Brother Eric doing all the time as he's whizzing back and forth. And you're like, where is he going? Because he's working, right? He's doing kingdom work. And I want to encourage you tonight, get that in your heart because you have a purpose. There's a reason that you're here. That God has called you for such a time as this. And I understand that our nation is in the midst of some turmoil. I understand that we are in a nation that is divided right now. And we need to really grasp a hold of this. That it is our time as the church of Jesus Christ to shine. Everywhere I go, I'm telling people this is the most exciting time to be a Christian. It is the most exciting time to be a Christian. And we need to be about our Father's business. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. Um, Pastor Nicole actually started preaching my message, which was cool because that means that uh, there's confirmation there. And, uh, you know, when you're called upon last minute... <laughs> You're always like, okay, Lord, I hope I got it right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so uh, the Bible tells us to be instant in season and out of season. I'm doing that. And I also, before we move into the word, I want to give honor to my apostle, Pastor Peter Dosick. Um, he is my apostle. I set myself underneath of him. And um, he is a mighty man of God, has poured into my life. And I am where I am today with my walk in Christ Jesus and in my ministry because he has affected it. He has poured the word of God into it, and he's made a difference in me. And so as I stand here tonight, I stand honored that he would even ask me to minister to you all and uh, would trust me enough uh, with handling the word of God before you. And so I just, even though he's not here, how many know that you, when you release things, you release them into an atmosphere, and you speak things into existence, and you speak things into the kingdom of heaven, amen? And so I want to speak that before you all and remind you, I know that you do, but I want to remind you that you need to be thankful for the pastor of this house. Yes, give him a hand. And in my life, he's more than just a pastor, he carries an apostolic mantle upon him for me. And I have set myself under his authority. And I was sharing with Andy who came to me today. I said, uh, you know, my plan was after we finished and broke the fast, I was heading home to see my children and my wife. It's, you know, it's been three days since I've seen them. I was ready to go home. But pastor called upon me and I said, I submit myself to him. And I find it an honor to submit myself to a man of great authority and power in the kingdom of heaven and to do so. And so it is my pleasure to be with you tonight. And tonight we're going to talk about kingdom currency. All right. Kingdom currency. And let's go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 where Pastor Nicole was reading for the offering. And um, some of you may be thinking, okay, here we go, another uh, money sermon. And we're going to highlight that, but we're not going to go into that. 
this evening because God has just led me down a different road for this, and I'm going to do my best to uh, do some teaching, but typically when I do that, um, I, it turns into treaching, <laughs> all right? I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, a fiery Pentecostal preacher. I was raised a classic Pentecostal um, in the Pentecostal Church of God. Probably none of you have ever heard that. We're just a small organization in the nation, um, and we have a lot of great churches um, in rural areas. And so that's one thing that I love about Botkins is like, and every time I come here, I'm just at home. You know what I mean? Even though it's, it, it, it's a, a bigger venue than what a lot of our churches are, I'm at home. Well, first of all, I'm in my father's house. Amen. And so uh, it's just great to be with you all. But, uh, you know, God just began to stir this within me today. And so I want to jump in here. And like I said, I'm going to try to teach it. I know that uh, most times on Wednesday nights, and that's typical of most uh, churches tonight, we're having a Bible study, uh, a virtual Bible study online at our church. And so I'm going to do that. But if I get a little fiery, um, help a Pentecostal preacher out. Give me an amen. You know what I mean? Get in there and preach with me. Amen? All right. You guys already got it. All right. So here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I'm going to start reading in verse 6. And we're going to kind of hit some of this stuff, and I'm just going to pour out of my heart what God was uh, giving me this afternoon. It says this, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he has purposed in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Now, I don't want you to notice that. God is able to make all grace, somebody say all grace, abound toward you. That he always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad and hath given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. Now, I want to talk to you tonight about kingdom currency. What is currency? Most of the time when we think about currency, we think about the American dollar bill. And it is simply this. It is a medium of exchange for goods and service, and in many times it is issued by some form of government. That is what currency is. And we need to realize that as Christians, we are not just living in the United States of America, but we are living in the kingdom of heaven right now. 
Now we know that there are promises that are coming in the future to us, that God has made a heaven and a home in heaven for us and prepared a place for us. But how many of you know that we're not just buying time until he takes us to be with him? But there's purpose for us to be here, and therefore we are active in the kingdom right now. Amen? So we need to understand then that there is currency in the kingdom of heaven. Because every form of government has poured out and released and, and given to the people of that country or of that kingdom the form of currency that works for exchange. And so we see here in these scriptures that Paul is telling the Corinthian church, also telling us, that we now can give or sow seed into places, and there should be an expectation of a harvest. Now, I know Pastor Dosik, I know he's told you all of this, and this is nothing new tonight. This is a reminder for you to tap into the things of God that he has placed in your life and in your hand. You see, so many times I meet Christians that are, they, they think that they have to wait. They're waiting for the right moment. They're waiting for the right dollar amount. They're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And the Bible teaches us that whatever you find to do, do it with all your might. Whatever is already in your hand, give it, use it, do something with the kingdom of heaven and for the kingdom of heaven. And so we need to understand here that when it begins to tell us that we sow, that means we sow right where we are right now. That doesn't mean we wait until we get $100,000 and then sow it. It's interesting. Think about this. People can tithe on $10, $100, even $1,000 a lot easier than they can $100,000. Because the amount just keeps going up each time. People can throw a 20 in the offering. That's easy to sow because we give $20 here and $20 there and all the time. But what about when God speaks to you to give a $100 offering or a $1,000 offering? Those are the moments where we take pause. Why is that? Because we've put a significant trust in that thing that we are giving. You see, it has value to us, right? The dollar bill still has value to us. And despite of what has happened to our economy, and I don't know if you noticed, but it keeps bouncing right back. Thank the Lord. That's the blessings of God. Amen. Despite all of those things that are happening in our country, we still value the dollar bill. We find value in it. And so the reason that we are hesitant to give more is because we realize that there's more value there. And if we're not careful, we will walk and live in a mindset that is earthly instead of heavenly, understanding and thinking in our carnal mind that I need this, I have to keep this because I have bills coming in to pay. When God says and God speaks to you, now I also believe in wisdom, amen, not just throwing money around, but wisdom that as he speaks to us, doesn't matter what the dollar amount is, if he can get it to us and get it through us, then he will move in the kingdom of heaven, and it will cause great 
gain. And so what we need to begin to realize then is even though money is an earthly substance, we, attaching it to our faith, can move that earthly coin or currency into the heavenly realm, and how much more then, church, how much more value does it have with faith in Jesus attached to that simple dollar bill when we give it? It will bring forth a great harvest. Now, I'm just highlighting this real quick because I want to move into what I want to talk about. But we know that Galatians tells us that we should not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever we sow, we will reap, right? Whatever we're sowing, whatever we're sowing, we're reaping. So as the scripture said, don't give grudgingly, but if we do, we are sowing grudging. It says to be a cheerful giver, but if we are given as Pastor Nicole was talking about, then we are sowing that into our lives. We're always sowing something. And I wanted to start out with this natural thing that we see, feel, touch in our hand called money so that we can begin to understand what God can do. But let's go to 2 Kings chapter 4 real quick, and I want to just highlight a story there about the widow and her oil. And I want to just you to see something here. You see, she didn't have anything. She was losing it all, and she was the wife of one of the men of God, a prophet of God. And she was losing her household. She was losing everything. And so she goes to the prophet Elisha, and she asks him, what can I do? And he says, you take that one pot of oil, that one vessel of oil that you have, and you have your boys collect every vessel that they can, and you start pouring that out. Now, in our humanity, let's go back to our currency, our dollar bill. If we start giving all of our bank account, then we know in the carnal part of our realm, it will run out. So this lady, no doubt, is thinking this is the last container, last vessel of oil that I have. And now you want me to just start pouring it into another pitcher? What good is that going to do me? If she was a Christian in 2020, I wonder what her attitude would have been like. But she heeds the word of the man of God, and she begins to pour, and she fills up the first vessel, the second vessel, the third vessel, and she keeps filling all of them up and filling all of them up and filling all of them up until there are no more vessels left to fill. And the Bible says that is when the flow stopped. It was an earthly substance that she could use as currency. She could exchange goods and service with that oil. Because what did she do? She went and sold it off. She lived off of the excess, the Bible says, and her life was blessed. It was a earthly currency, but God took that because it was mixed with faith and used that as a kingdom currency. 
a kingdom currency because she was willing to be obedient. And I understand, I've been there before where God spoke to me and told me to give an offering that I didn't think I had or was able to do that. Or a time where God is speaking to me and I'm questioning, God, is this really you? But then he's proved himself time and time again, over and over again. When I listened to him and I gave that offering, man, it just came right back and God blessed me. And this is what I want you to understand, that I want to take you in your thought and in your mind tonight past just physical, earthly things that we sow with. And I want to move into the kingdom of heaven and into the spiritual realm and make you realize that God has placed things in your hand that didn't cost you anything. It came only by the grace of God and through the Holy Ghost. And when he imparted that into you, we have gotten a mentality in the American church that it's for us. And we gobble it all up and we hoard it all up, but we never give it out. And what God is saying, no, I gave that to you so that you could use that as a currency in my kingdom to see my power unlocked, to see my authority unlocked, to see principalities broken, to see bondage come off of people's lives if you would just only believe and trust in me and begin to sow what I have given you, what I have put in your heart. If you would just begin to pour it out of yourself into another vessel, just see what I would do, says God. Now, I believe in all of the principles of sowing. And I believe in offerings, and I believe in all of that. And I wanted to start with that and lay the foundation with that because Luke tells us if we are faithful in the least of things, then God knows we can be faithful in the great things. I'm telling you, your money is the least of things. It's the least of things. Your finances is the least of things. God has so much greater things to do. And as I look across our nation and as I go to grocery stores and restaurants and places and look people in the eye, I can see a hopelessness. I can see a pain in their eyes. I can see fear in their eyes. I can see that there's turmoil in their heart by looking them in the eyes. And I begin to realize that the thing that they need right now lives inside of me. It's inside of me because it has been given to me. And what I can do with that is I, begin, I can begin to use that as a currency in the kingdom of heaven for a, an exchange of a goods or service for it to come down from heaven and touch earth. So I want you to see this. You see, as she began to pour, it kept flowing. As long as there was another vessel to pour into, the oil flowed. Catch that. Catch that. As long as there was another vessel, the oil flowed. But it was the moment that there was not another vessel to pour into that the flow ceased. You see, we are constantly thinking that we are not receiving from God. 
what we have need of. And we come to the altar and we pray and we seek God's face and we say, God, we need you to move. God, we need you to move. God, we need you to move. But could it be that he has already placed in our hand what we need? And if we would just begin to sow it out into the kingdom, the Bible says we will reap if we sow it. And so as I begin to think and study on this this afternoon and pray and ask God, I begin to think about what can we sow that is spiritual? Let's make this practical tonight. This is a teaching, right? Let's make this practical. What can we sow in this world that is spiritual but will make a difference in the people around us? What can we do? Well, first of all, like I already spoke tonight, we can sow honor. And this is a big thing for me. It's a big thing for me because this is something that God has spoken to me. It's a revelation that he has given me. And you see, what we like to do is we like to think that people have to earn honor. We, we, we think in our mind that everyone has to do something to achieve it in their life. And then we will say, yes, we should honor them. But if we would begin to look at the value of the human soul, we would begin to realize that every person deserves some level of honor. Every person. It doesn't matter if I agree with you in every aspect of our lives. It doesn't matter if you even hate my guts. It doesn't matter if you think you're my enemy. It doesn't matter if you make my life miserable at work. What I have found is this, that the kingdom principles work. And in the kingdom of heaven, there's the currency of honor. And if you begin to sow honor, instead of talking about that person at the water cooler, running your mouth about them, how they drive you crazy, you begin to honor that person. You begin to show love to that person. You begin to show respect to that person. And I will tell you, it will take some time, but hold on till you see the harvest come. And God will change the heart of that individual. God will change the life if we would just begin to... To sow honor instead of thinking that everyone has to earn it. God has given it to us. By his grace, he bestowed honor on your life. He honored you so much that he sent his only begotten son to a cross to bleed out and die for you so you could be saved. How honorable is that towards us? And we were wretched sinners. And he said, I still love them. And I still choose to honor them. Now, don't mistake. I understand that there are different levels of honor. I get that. But here's the thing. For too long, the church world has allowed a carnal nature or thinking to be applied to our lives outside of the four walls. Oh, man, we know how to do church when we get in here. We got all the right words to say, all the right phrases. We got all the right dances and all the right songs. But the Lord knows what you just said to your spouse on the way into church. The Lord knows the fight you just had with your children and the words that came out of your mouth that were not honoring them. 
because you did not keep your spirit and your emotions in check. The Lord knows how you've been talking about people at work when you've been getting sucked into that gossip, sucked into that lifestyle of people who are not Christians at work. The Lord knows all of that, and he's just saying to you tonight, if you would just decide to live a Christian life and remove yourself from that, it doesn't mean you can't be there where they're talking about that, but what you begin to do is you begin to be the voice of hope and the voice of honor and the voice of righteousness in the midst of all that. You see, he doesn't want us to come hide away in this season. Oh, no. He wants us in the midst of all. He wants us right in the middle of all of this mess that's happening around us so that we can give people the love of Jesus Christ. We can give them hope when they feel hopeless. We can bestow peace upon them when they know no peace. You say, is that possible, preacher? Oh, yes, it is possible. Because you can walk in an authority of the Holy Spirit this is not just for preachers holding microphones. This is for the everyday Christian. You walk in the authority and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You walk in and wherever you do, you can change the atmosphere. And those that are scared to death right now, not knowing what's going on, not understanding what's taking place, where there's no peace, there's unrest, you can step into that place and right in the middle of it, you can begin to sow peace. And guess what? You reap what you sow. You sow peace, you're going to live in peace. You sow righteousness, you're going to live in righteousness. You sow holiness, you're going to live in holiness. If you sow hope, then you will be a hopeful person. If you sow love, then you will be loved. And if you sow faithfulness, then people will be faithful to you. It's kingdom currency. And here's the crazy part. Many times, we're willing to open our pocketbook, grab our checkbook, whatever form of currency. We're ready to do that way quicker than we are to love those that are hard. When I talk about hard, I ain't talking about the hardened people. I'm talking about the ones that are hard for you to love. The ones that get on your nerves. You see, it's easy for me to look at people who are down and out, that are hopeless, that are hurting, that have been bruised and broken and love them. But you know what's really hard for me to love? Those that are stabbing me in the back. And that's the time I want to whip out the scripture. Well, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, right? You're going to stab me in the back. God's going to get you. God's going to get you. Yeah. But what if his form of getting them isn't smashing them and destroying them like what we want? What if his form of giving, getting them is saving them? Transforming the way that they're acting, what they're doing right now. What if that's what God wants to do? Because I believe that's what he does want to do. And I believe that we are in a pivotal moment in time in our country where the church needs to rise up and begin to sow kingdom things. Kingdom things. 
And you say, well, how do I do that? Very simple. Jesus, going to work today. And I know that there are people there that are hurting. So Holy Ghost, I trust you that you're going to speak to me. That you're going to show me who needs you. And when I see them, Lord, I know that you're going to give me the words to say to them. Words of hope and words of life. Now, Holy Spirit, I know that you rest upon my life, and as I walk into this place, I believe that I'm going to change the atmosphere because you have chosen me to live in 2020. And because you have chosen me, that means I have a work to do. See, this is what I believe. I believe that God allowed things to happen. I'm not saying that God called it. I'm not, I'm like, like Pastor Ted Shuttlesworth Jr., I don't believe it is judgment from God upon America. I agree 100% with him. But I believe what God has done is he's allowed these times to shake up the church because we've gotten too comfortable in our ways. We've gotten stagnant in our Sundays and Wednesdays, and this is our routine. And now he's shaking us up and saying, no, 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 now you got to do church differently because I'm going to make you do life with these people. And we like that idea when we talk about doing life with our brothers and sisters in Christ that we get along with. But God ain't calling us to do life with them. God is calling us to do life with the people who hate us. Because they need Jesus. And I believe that we are going to see that happen. Who's with me? Who is ready to begin to sow into the kingdom. And whatever God lays in your hand, whatever he places in your hand, you say, yes, Lord, I give it because I know I will receive it back. Amen. If you'd bow your heads with me right now, Father God, I thank you, Lord, for what you're speaking to us. I thank you, Lord, that even though this has been a interesting season, your church is still alive, your church is still moving, your church is still blessing. God, I pray right now, Lord, that you will begin to impart this word into these people. and They will begin to live it out. They will walk this word out. May this word be a reminder when they feel those emotions coming, welling up inside of them as they're dealing with the people that are difficult. And may the love of God come forth out of them and be shed abroad from their hearts, I pray. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. During worship, I, I felt this. We sang a couple songs and we kept, the, the word hope kept being highlighted to me on the screen. And so if anybody's here tonight, this is what I want to do. And then we can be dismissed. I'll turn it back over to Brother Eric. But if you are in a situation or maybe you have a family member that is in a situation where they're feeling hopeless or you're feeling hopeless and you came tonight and you're even thinking, I don't even know why I came to church tonight. I just showed up because I don't even feel like I have any hope. If that's you or you have a family member that you know, I want you to come forward. I want to pray together and believe that God's going to break this. We were singing about breaking that chain. God breaks hopelessness and gives us a future. Amen. During this fast, as you're coming, come on, if it's you, I want you to come. But during this fast, I want to share this with you. Uh, there was a young man who we found out that was having thoughts 
of killing himself. And we called him up. I didn't, but one of the other pastors called him up. They began to talk to him and minister to him. And then the next day, we called him up and ministered to him. And he was totally different. He was changed because we began to sow the word of God into his life. And today, today he was watching the prayer table. And he was commenting. He was getting involved because he's realizing that Jesus is what he needs. And Jesus has given him life and now he has hope. Amen. Those of you that came forward tonight, I understand, know that you have family members. Some of you, some of you are facing it yourself. You may even be saying to yourself, well, we have been in this situation for a while now. And we've been holding on to it. We've been trying to ride it out. But man, it just seems like nothing is happening. We're not seeing anything happen. Well, this is what the Lord told me to tell you. You got to start changing your language of how you speak about the situation. And when you begin to do that, you will begin to sow currency from the kingdom of heaven and it will be translating you in that situation from the darkness that that is in and the light of Jesus will come shine and move in your life. Do you guys believe that? You believe that hope is coming right now. Raise your hands unto God. Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, according to your word and faith, we bind and we rebuke the working of the enemy these oppressive spirits that are trying to push and depress and trying to cause people to have no hope and think that there is no future. We rebuke them right now. We command them to go in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, we, we just sow hope right now into the situation. We sow faith right now in the situation. We bind and rebuke doubt and we sow belief right now in the situation for you know the thoughts you and the plans you have for us a plans of a future and a hope says the Lord your God we receive this word right now in the name of Jesus Christ and we thank you Lord that you are the God of the turnaround you are the God of the turnaround and we are going to hold to our faith we fight the good fight of faith right now and God I thank you right now you are beginning to impart a language of faith to these people right now that they will begin to speak faith into the situation you have empowered them God by your Holy Spirit and as they begin to speak into this situation life is coming and changing the atmosphere and the answers coming from heaven right now hallelujah we receive it by faith in the name of Jesus we give you thanks we give you thanks lift your hands and just thank him for what he's done I believe that I believe it with all of my heart right now. I believe that God has moved in these situations and touched the hearts and lives of you and your family members. Amen. And I believe in a good report is coming back. The Bible says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And this is what I want you to do. Every little hint of hope and peace that you see, even if it's just minute, testify about it. Say, hey, look what Jesus did. And if people try to say, yeah, but they're still there, uh-uh, but we're moving out. It's moving out. You just begin to proclaim that in the name of Jesus. Amen.
God bless you. We love you, Brother Eric. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, Pastor Joe. Uh, what a great word tonight. You know, we do reap what we sow, right? And every time we get a chance to sow kindness, we'll receive kindness. Every time we get a chance to sow mercy, we receive mercy. Thank you so much, Pastor Joe. And, you know, it's obviously much, much bigger than just finances. And, you know, what we do, um, we can change people's lives by how we interact with them. You know, our countenance, the way we, we smile. We can make a difference in people's lives in so many different ways. And that's what God's called us to be. We're here to be rescuers. Amen. So tonight, I just want to say thank you, Pastor Joe, for, for coming tonight. Pastor will be back on Sunday morning. Uh, I know he's going to continue his message that he's been doing over the last couple of weeks. I know it's going to be a great word for us. Thank you so much for coming. You are dismissed tonight. God bless you as you go home. We'll see you on Sunday at 10 a.m. God bless. Hi, live streamers. Thank you so much for joining us. We want you to know that we love you guys and are so happy to have you with us. Stay connected with us here on social media and remember to share when you're joining us live to spread hope to others. We will see you here next time.